You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. Uh, We'll be looking at verses from John. Uh, Judges, John, and from Luke, and if you do not have your Bible, as always, the uh, it's printed in the order of worship. So here we are in week eight of studying the names of God, which means we have looked at seven names of God before now. Each name, as we talk about, represents a different aspect, a different way that God has revealed himself to us, each of them being an opportunity for us to relate to him, to connect to him as the loving father that he is. And this week we're gonna look at the name Jehovah Shalom, which out of all the names that we've looked at, that's probably the easiest one to figure out what what that means, Uh, the God of peace. So let's look at the name today as a way to grow in our friendship with God and ask, why would God call himself that? And the second of all, how does this name relate to our everyday, ordinary lives? And so, let's read our passages for the day as printed in the order of worship. The first one's uh, in Judges. Uh, it's talking about a man named Gideon. It says, But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it still stands at Orpha, which belongs to the Iberiaziites. Now, the second one here is uh, in verse, uh, John in verse um, 14, verse 27, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And then the last one, very familiar passage around Christmas time, when the angels burst forth, and they say, Lord to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, it enlightens us. Uh, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that are soft. Penetrate our souls with your word. Remind us that it's a living word. And Lord, bring us peace through what you are saying here today in Jesus' name. Amen. So throughout the history of the world, and, and you all know this, the, the word or the idea of peace has meant different things to different people at different times. Maybe some think about the idea of peace as hippies throwing up the peace sign uh, in the 60s. Uh, maybe others think about the harmony that we wish our nation had at this time. But sometimes people think about world peace and talk about it in those terms, especially during times of war. And then some people just want individual peace, or at least just peace in their household. But regardless, we as human beings, we desire peace, we desire rest, we desire harmony, and these things bring us comfort. And when you think about peace, in some ways it's the opposite of fear. To be more specific, usually it's the opposite of anxiety. And we are all in America, in this day and age, more than any other people in the history of the world for some reason, we are all riddled with anxiety. Like I said, peace seems to be the opposite in what our hearts long for. 
Now the word shalom, and maybe you've seen this in the Jewish community before as they greet one another, uh, is more than just a greeting. It's more than just saying in a church, peace be with you. And then also someone says, and also with you. It's more than that. It means having a, everything from a sound heart to a sound body, completeness, harmony, the absence of strife, even means flourishing and, and thriving as both an individual and in a community. In the name of God, this Jehovah Shalom contains all of those things that we just talked about and more. So let's look at our passage today in, three, in terms of three points, and those three points are in our outline in our order of worship. We're going to talk about peace from God, we're going to talk about peace for our hearts, and then we're going to talk about peace for our world. So let's look at that first section, peace from God. Uh, when the Lord is talking to Gideon, he says, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there, and the Lord called, and he called it, The Lord is our peace. Our Lord is peace. To this day, it still stands at Orphan. See, again, in examining the names of God, we always go, if you notice, go back to a context of a relationship with someone and a story, a bigger story, of what God is doing through this name. See, in the days that we're talking about here, there's this guy named Gideon, the person who God is talking to. Um, and uh, the children of Israel, God's people at the time of Gideon, they were living in a constant state of fear and dread. See, there's these people called the Midianites uh, during this time. And they were once a defeated army. They've been defeated before. They were the enemy of Israel, and now they're back with a vengeance. They came back and they're re-emerging. They're starting to plunder Israel with this overwhelming like mob force. And Gideon doesn't know it yet, but God's supposed to use him in a big way. But and the, the weird thing about it is Gideon is not a warrior. He's not a courageous person. And also he's overwhelmed like the rest of the nation with anxiety and uncertainty. And everybody was. Matter of fact, uh, he was so distressed that he was a farmer and instead of taking his wheat and threshing it on the threshing floor that where, where wheat was supposed to be ground, he was hiding in some secret place. They would go to like these places where people would make wine so they didn't know that they, were, they had grain with them. Uh, and so he was cowering down like the rest of the country, like a bunch of uh, scary cats. Um, and then the, the rest of the nation, he was hiding in some private, unsuspected corner for fear that the Midianites afraid of these bullies that are going to come and take everything that he had. And the Bible says he was fearful of attack, worried about the safety of his family, uh, worried of, like the rest of the Israelites. And so he hid in the mountains and the caves so nobody could find him. And as you can tell, this is a season of personal unrest. And in the middle of all this, the Lord appears to Gideon at Orpha, telling him that it was time for him to lead Israel and delivered them from his tormentors. Uh, commentator, uh, commentator Matthew Henry says this, he says, the days of greatest distress is usually the time that God appears to his people for relief, meaning when all hope of peace was lost here and even in our lives, God steps in to grant peace. It was true in Gideon's day and it's true now. Now Gideon's at a crossroads. He can keep cowering down and play it safe, or he can trust God. And at this point, he's overwhelmed by what God tells him, that you're not going to die. I'm going to give you peace. I am peace in this. He, he immediately gets up, 
and he builds an altar, a tribute and reminder for everybody that comes after him that God is the Jehovah Shalom, reminder of his provision and his promise. See, Gideon was reminded of this, even though his people hadn't been spiritual like they should have been. Even when they weren't faithful to God, and they weren't, even when they had forgot all of God's promises, God never abandoned his people. He was always near to provide for his needs, protect him from those that wanted to do him harm, and remind him of her availing love, but most of all, his peace during this time. And as with Gideon, God's not saying, uh, I'm waiting on you in some conditional way to bring you peace. He says, I am peace, and I will bring it to you uh, in this way. Not just peace in general, but he's also talking about peace to individuals, which brings up the next passage where Jesus is talking here. Let's look at the second point, peace for our hearts. Jesus said to his disciples, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, these words are mentioned by Jesus to his closest friends when he was about to leave them and die on the cross and ascend and go to heaven and they weren't even going to be with them anymore. And he was saying this, peace is not about the circumstances. There's always going to be uh, unrest and fearful situations in the world. Jesus says that the, the, the world thinks that peace comes when we have these this normal, perfect, favorable uh, world and these favorable circumstances that they're surrounded by. By the way, if you live any time in your life, you know this, there's no such thing as normal, uh, and there's no such thing as perfect. It doesn't happen. But the world tries to tell us, like, if the circumstances just change, then I can get peace. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm more worried about the lack of peace in your hearts, in your soul. I'm thinking the last few decades of America, it's amazing how much anxiety we have experienced, especially in politics, how divided and anxious that we are at a time of peace in our country. If you talk, I'm not talking about peace. We're just saying I'm, we're not at war with anyone. Right? We're not at war at this time. It makes me believe that a lack of peace in our country is, and in our hearts is not about external threats. Maybe in our day and age, and just like it was in Jesus' age, the lack of peace is more internal. More and more we're learning that maybe the threat to peace is actually in our hearts. See, God is always true to his promises. Scripture reminds us that he is faithful uh, with abundant peace to all that call upon his name and abide with him. Jesus knew his followers at the time that he talked to them there, all the way to the future to where we are, would face challenges and dangers in their ministries. But he did not want them to leave in fear. He said, peace I leave with you. God is the one that brings the calm when there's chaos and stability, when there's struggle. And so Jesus' promise of peace is not that all the things are going to go away, that you're not going to suffer, that you're not going to experience uh, things that can cause you anxiety. Jesus' promise of peace is a deep-rooted peace in your soul that regardless of the situation and that regardless of the circumstance remains intact and unaffected. If your peace is dependent upon how your day goes, if your peace is dependent on how successful you are that day, if your peace is dependent on how well you relate to others, or if you just have an easy day, that is not the peace of God. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. And as we said, peace is the opposite of fear. 
It provides perspective. Peace that we're talking about here gives us hope. It builds confidence and inspires courage like it did with Gideon. It affirms trust in God. In a world that we live in that is increasingly overwhelmed with stress and conflict and depression, anxiety, financially, emotionally, physically, with all this uncertainty, the presence of Jehovah Shalom provides a peace that surprises all this understanding of that. We can't control the uncertainties and circumstances of life, but in the presence of Jehovah Shalom, we can find hope and joy and peace and strength. And it's more than just individual strength. Right? We've talked about this idea of God's peace in general. And we talked about this idea of God's peace for our heart as an individual. But it's more than that. It's broader than that. He, wants, he has a vision of life for us that's beyond just ourselves. Let's look at our third point, peace for our world. Verse 14 says uh, from Luke 2, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. See, like we said before, this passage is usually read at Christmas. The angels burst forth from the sky, appearing to the shepherds, announcing Jesus' birth, his entry into the world. Now notice there's two points that they're making here. The first point is this, that everybody should give glory to God because of what's about to happen and what is happening. But what's the second point he makes? Peace on earth. That's interesting. And all the things they could have said about Jesus coming, peace on earth. See. God is not just revealing His name through His Son, the Jehovah Shalom, the Prince of the God of Peace, but He's revealing the fact that His Son coming to Earth was bringing peace as the Prince of Peace. See, His plan all this time for a thousand years was not just to tell Him, tell us that He's the God of Peace, but He's going to bring peace down from heaven to Earth. Um, look at a quote for the day at the beginning of the order of worship. Give it to you. Quote by Tim Keller in a book called Generous Grace, which I would recommend. I mean, sorry, Generous Justice, what I recommend. He's talking about this idea of peace here, and he says this God created all things to be beautiful, harmonious, interdependent, knitted, webbed together. Sorry, webbed relationship to one another, just as rightly related physical elements form a cosmos or a tapestry, so rightly related human beings form a community. This interwovenness is what the Bible calls shalom, or harmonious peace. Shalom means complete reconciliation, a state of the foolish flourishing in every dimension, physical, emotional, social, and spiritual, because all relationships are right and perfect and filled with joy. When Jesus says, behold, I'm making all things new, this is what's happening in the world today if we just have the eyes to see it. It's so fascinating. Our world, for all the talk about peace and all the craving that we have at peace, uh, just can't seem to find it. Virtually every area of our life seem to be in discord and disruption and busyness. Whether we hear about national wars, uh, international wars or strife, experience with family members or friends or relationships or even our own struggle inside of us, peace just seems to escape us. And we long for rest and tranquility to only find conflict and worry. Worry. See, as relationships fall apart around us, it's almost like we get to the point where we kind of settle for disharmony. It's kind of like we get to the point where we say, this is really just a dream. I don't really think it can happen. I don't really think it's out there. 
We need peace. And believers in Jesus Christ, we talk about this all the time, Jesus came when we were at odds with God as sinners and the holy God that he was. And he reconciled us so that we can be at peace with God. Not only so that we can be at peace with God, and if you don't have that peace, you can't export what you don't have. Not only to have peace with God, but peace with one another in this room. Peace with the people in our community that we work with, in our families. Peace when we think there's no way that we're ever going to get peace here. God can move in tremendous ways and grant you the confidence that He is with you, that He loves you, that He's working for you for good and for His glory. So today we start with the story of Gideon. Let me conclude with this. The day that Gideon sets out to wage war against a larger and superior army, in the midst of that, Gideon experienced peace. And we can too. Repeating the fact that we can't do this on our own. You, no, matter, no matter how hard you work, it seems like in my life, the harder I work, the less peace I find. But believing that Jesus accomplished reconciliation, that Jesus accomplished the work, that he's done the work for us, that we can rest in so that we can get peace. Having made peace by his work on the cross, now he gives us serenity of our souls, not because of favorable circumstances, not because he's going to work everything out better. Matter of fact, it's not going to turn out right. Matter of fact, your life may get worse. But the fact is that you can still have peace with that because we know Jehovah Shalom is with us and will never forsake us. And if that doesn't convey peace to our troubled souls, nothing else will. There's nothing in your life that can bring it. If you're not getting it there, you're at a loss forever finding peace in your life. So rest in this promise of peace today. Rest in what Jesus did to bring peace, not only to your heart, but in the world today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for that you, that you are the Jehovah Shalom. And it's not just a name, it's a characteristic of who you are. And it's a way that you want us to know you. May we quickly, every day, come to the fact that we get to the end of ourselves that we can't make peace. Help us to receive peace from you as a gift of your many facets of your grace. Thank you that not only you're the Jehovah Shalom, but you sent your son, the Prince of Peace, to bring peace in a big way to our world. We pray for peace. Give us peace in our hearts. Give us peace in our families. Give us peace in our church, our community, our nation, and our world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.